You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. He's going to do what I do and just hang out in our bedroom and listen to my side of the conversation. Make sure I'm being good. Wait, is this, uh, so is that room off of your bedroom? Uh, no, actually, but, uh, oftentimes I'll just like fold laundry while he's doing a podcast or whatever. And then I feel like I'm just like spying on him the whole time because I can hear bits and pieces. So uh-huh. <laughs> when I, when the podcast comes out and I'm listening, then I'm like, oh yeah, I heard him say that. I was wondering what the context was or whatever. I think so. Jess does the same thing. Although mostly we record when she's not home, but she's home today. So she could be creeping. She knows that she's like, tr- Jess is like imagining putting herself in your shoes today and she would be very nervous i am nervous because i have a very bad memory i'm afraid you're gonna ask like questions about bracket and (laughs) i'm just gonna be like i don't know i don't remember that or whatever and then like i'm gonna give you a a very simple answer such as i don't know i don't remember that and then that's gonna be like boring Move well on maybe this next. will be a fifth you know that's gonna be the podcast this might be a 15 minute podcast then <laughs> i mean it could be maybe he said uh he said he'd try and salvage the one from last week so oh if he had to <laughs> i can really mess it up if i need to yeah okay that's good yeah, yeah. um so it actually yeah, logistically yeah. i'm curious and bracken's never explained this to me and we're getting a peek behind the curtains today i don't know if this will be in here or not. Bracken is the editing master. So he could cut out whatever he wants, first of all, Lisa. So that is what he told me. So he said, Don't don't worry about it too much because I can cut out whatever right. whatever you don't like or whatever. But a peek <laughs> like, peek okay. behind the curtains. I record in like a spare bedroom, right? Like this is actually the bedroom I record in is where you and Bracken mm-hmm. slept when you stayed over. Um but Yep, right behind yeah, you. That, that futon. Did you think the futon was comfortable? I think it's fairly comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that recording studio? I think I was just really tired and I oh, crashed. It was so. a busy weekend. Uh, okay, so this is actually, yeah, <laughs> they call it, they called it a bedroom, um, but it's not very big. There's a, it's, oh gosh, I don't know. It's probably like oh. five feet this way. Yeah. Um, so it's very small. It should have been a closet, but there is a door to go out onto our, like, I don't know what you call it, porch yep. or patio or whatever. It's on the second floor. Is that a porch? No. I think a porch can be on any height. Okay. Yeah. It's above our dining room. Okay. So whatever that makes it. Um, and then, yeah. So they called it a bedroom. They they did have a twin bed in here, but it was, um, that's pretty much all there's room for. So A large closet. <laughs> it's quite small. And, Bra- and Bracken yeah, has shown much. me the room outside of the wall and it's not finished. But what you guys see when you see Bracken's face and today Lisa's face is like this perfect, beautiful shoe wall, but it literally only extends a foot off the screen and then it's like an unfinished room. So it looks wonderful on camera, but I believe your view from where you're sitting isn't as wonderful, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And actually, (laughs) I am a very organized person and I do not like clutter. I wish I could show you there is a lot of clutter (laughs) happening around. So if you see my eyes, my eyes just like looking all around, I'm just like taking it okay. all. In. I'm not in here very That's often. That's Bracken's you know? nest. It's uh, his nest. So yeah, there's there's a lot going all on. Right. There's yeah, there's like a couple shelves of shoes, not not counting this, like actual shelves of shoes. There's books everywhere, and I don't know what else. I can't mm. tell. <laughs> I'll have him give me a tour sometime. Um, so we're uh, we're talking to Lisa Crocker today. 
And I'm going to give you the respect and call you Lisa Crocker and yes, instead of are. Lisa Cracker. Um, and this is my idea. Thank I've you. been actually wanting to talk to you without Bracken here for a while, believe it or not. Uh, I know. I know. Actually, I think you wanted to sneak that in when I had my interview and then we just ended up not having enough time. So I, it has been a really long time. When you had your interview, you mean you and Bracken together, that interview? No, way back a long time ago when I talked about my running and how I did yes, it for yes. sanity's sake and all of that. Yeah, but Bracken was yeah, with you that for that was... one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's your first yeah. solo go. And this actually came up. I was listening yeah, it is. I was listening to some other podcasts uh, in the outdoor space, which is what I pretty much – I don't listen to running content these days. So maybe that makes me a hypocrite. Okay. I don't know. But um, – and I get really invested in the host. Like there's a couple of podcasts I listen to uh, that I'm like a regular subscriber. I listen every week, you know, much like maybe some of our listeners do. And I, I have found myself invested in these people I listen to every week, right? And I – Mm-hmm. feel like I would be very interested in getting to know the host through like the lens of their significant other, right? Because, and I would listen, I would make sure to listen to that episode. And I thought, well, if I'm interested in that for some of the podcasts I like, I would hope our listeners would be interested in maybe learning about Bracken through your lens because, uh, okay. I don't know, you're going to, I don't know. I think your handle today, your name is I run these streets today. That is your squadcast uh, name. Do you know this or is it? Oh, you didn't write that? No, where does it say? No, I can't even see where it says. The bottom left corner, it says that. Uh, but you'd have to scroll over your face. Oh, no, I don't have okay, that. Okay, so you didn't put, I run these streets. Oh, I'm not going to touch anything. I'll mess it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bracken would do that. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I thought you put your name as I run these streets, and I was like, all right, we're going to be in for it today. No. All right. Um, but anyway, so that's what I want to do today with you is, um, and we'll probably get to know you a little bit more better along the way, but like, I always wonder about the woman that stands alongside the man and then also uh, the man that stands alongside the woman, so to speak. And so you're going to uh, you're gonna fill us in a little bit today. Okay. Yeah. I can. I will do my best. All right. You're going to do great. <laughs> you're always easy to listen to. And uh, we both have our black cups of coffee. I trust yours is black. Yep. McDonald's. Yep. No, they, they have good coffee. They have the best coffee. Yep. I'm a black cup of... Here's the problem, yep. though. Bracken's desk is far away. Look, I can't like I can't reach the desk, so I'm just sitting here holding it. <laughs> you you don't have to be perfectly so framed gonna... the whole time. This is like a workout. <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty jacked oh, right now. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, one of my favorite things is to have a cup of coffee and record, and we rarely do that because we um, don't record this early normally. So this is actually a gift to me as well. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so Thanks. I could start this thing a number of ways. I was thinking about this. I was out to dinner with my family last okay. night. Uh, my mom's in town and. I was like, I'm interviewing Bracken's wife tomorrow. What would you like to know about Bracken through her lens? And they were shooting all these crazy things at me. And I don't want this. This isn't like a let's roast Bracken session. That's not what I want this to be. It may be partially, but not not okay. the focus, right? So, okay. All right. So anything, I'm, I have a direction with this, but anything top of mind that comes, comes like anything people need to know about Bracken right off the bat, anything that you're like, oh my God, if they only knew Bracken did this or liked this or was like this like anything come to mind off the top of your head before i start us down a a track anything well this isn't like goofy or anything but he is just like the kindest purest person like he will always do the right thing in every situation Hmm. and like i think that's one of the things that i just absolutely love about him um you know he had that race with hobie where like he could have finished ahead of him on like a t- 
technicality. I forget what it mm-hmm. was. Like Hobie went the wrong way or something. And he ended up waiting up so that he and Hobie crossed at the same time. You know, he was like, it wasn't fair that I took that win or whatever. Or um, actually in my Facebook memories, a thing just popped up. Someone was stuck on an obstacle and, you know, everyone's standing around like cheering him on. Like, come on, come on, you can do it. I don't know what the obstacle is called. I'm so sorry. But it's like you jump down and there's it's like a a frame type thing mm-hmm. but then there's a bar you have to Dra- probably onto. dragon's back i think this was at ocrwc maybe um so there was a guy stuck up there and he was like i don't know you know you just get in your head and you're like i can't do this i'm gonna fall mm-hmm. or whatever break my leg whatever so anyway bracken's like encouraging from the, him from the ground and he's like cheering him on and then he eventually like climbed up there and was like um just like giving him a a great pep talk up there, like out of earshot of everyone, he was not doing this to like, you know, be that guy or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And then he even like jumped and showed him what would happen if, if you fell. So he like purposely jumped and fell so that the guy could see like, Hey, worst case scenario, like I do that. Um, I don't know. He's just like, so such a good person. And I feel like he's, He's so funny that oftentimes, like, he'll crack jokes or whatever, and you don't get that, like, I don't know, really, like, sweet side of him. Hmm. So I guess that's what <laughs> what I would say. He's very sweet to me as well. He's such a sweetie. You know, it actually makes me think of... Um, he is. Uh, we had a mountain series race in Minnesota, mountain series in quotes. Um, and him and yeah. Ryan Woods <laughs> were actually in first and second and then um, myself, I was trailing shortly or close behind. And him and Ryan started heading the wrong way on the bucket carry because they weren't directed appropriately. It wasn't their fault. They weren't corrected. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Freaking trail races and Spartan races. You'd think it would, they'd dumb it down for us. Yeah. But anyways, uh, and they were made aware like, hey, you're going the wrong way. You need to go this way ryan woods goes off course and cuts the tangent and just gets him course corrects and bracken backtracks all the way starts you know mm-hmm. starts where he should and in that moment he was having probably the best race he's had in a year he was on ryan woods who was the u.s national series champ that year on his heels and uh he went back and he ended up taking fourth fifth place fourth place he just he did the right thing and then I, of course, was able, I caught, I passed him, I leapfrogged Bracken, and then I was on Ryan's heels immediately, which was great. But yeah, he did the right thing there too. He just like, okay. he did the right thing. Damn him. Yeah. he. I mean, and he does. I think that's just, I don't know. That's one of the things I, I really admire about him. You know, you I, like I said, you just see a different side to him always out in public where he's just kind of goofy i mm-hmm. guess um i mean he's he's very serious but like goofy at the same time i don't know yep. how you how that works but um just yeah he's really good like that he's a decent <laughs> human well now this is making me wonder uh he's a he's yes. a decent human being um not very quick with the communication on some platform does that bleed into family like mm-hmm. or is he if there's one person like you message bracken you are hearing back instantly i imagine the answer is yes Like, there's a priority list here, and you're high on it. Okay, well, yeah, I'm probably the only person that he does feel like he needs to get back to, and not to get, like, super deep right away or anything, but um, if you listened to the episode I was on, uh, I brought up the fact that my brother was killed in a car accident, Mm -hmm. so I have, like, a lot of trauma around that, so if he is in the car 
going any literally anywhere like to the gas station a half mile mm. away or the grocery store or whatever and he's not back when my brain tells me he should be back i'm calling him and i'm like hey just wanted to hear your voice mm. just making sure so i think he and that actually has taken a lot of time because he used to just not that he would be ignoring me but i had to i had to kind of like explain that to him you know when you are mm-hmm gone it it could be 30 seconds longer than my brain tells me you should be gone and i'm freaking out so he's gotten really good about that so i give him a lot of props for that but i'm probably the only person that he is like right he's on. on yeah he's been he's gotten way better with me over the yeah. years way better with me over the years he's That's actually good. i feel like he might be prioritizing That's me good. a little bit which is it, feel, it makes me feel special <gasps> Maybe. but not to the same level i'm sure yeah. oh yeah he responds way quicker now than he used to um Okay. Anything else come to mind? Anything else that like that was? I wouldn't have gone there. So that's a really nice uh, sentiment about our yeah. our esteemed Bracken. Anything else jump out at you that people should know before I start from the beginning, which is my plan? Um, I guess um, because this is not work related or like running related, and he would probably never, never bring this up. But um, he is the most amazing dad ever. Um, he always like prioritizes the kids. Um, actually I was just on the phone with my dad the other day, yesterday. Okay. So my dad doesn't, he's not a talker really, but he called me yesterday and we were on the phone for like an hour and 20 minutes and he was just talking away. Anyway, he was like, is Bracken working? I said, yeah. He's like, is he working a lot lately? I was like, yeah, I think this like school year he's been working a lot more and my dad's like too much. And I was like, well, you know, the thing is Bracken is really good about, you know, when you have your own business, which is what he has, um, you are available 24 hours a day, basically, because you don't have to go into an office or whatever. Um, so he does a really good job of you know, while the kids are at school is when he does all of his work. And not that he never works when they're home, but like that's very rarely. Um, And even like, I know he's talked about it before, but um, he'll like update people's schedules while we're all in the living room watching NASCAR or NFL or whatever. So he's still like around, even though he's, you know, in doing work. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just he is a really great dad. He is like always on the floor with them and making them laugh and um plays with them all the time and like I'm the type of parent I love my kids literally more than life itself um like when we had Brayden I had to stay home I could not work I cried every day on my way to school I was teaching at Uh the time and I was like I have to be home so I'm that kind of mom I love my kids so much but I don't really enjoy like uh certain types of play with Mm -hmm. them like I like crafts we'll do crafts all day or like going for a walk or a run or a bike or whatever sure um or like watching movies I love just cuddling up with them like spending time with them in that way but he'll like <laughs> Ayla's been asking him like can we play Legos today and he's like yes we'll play Legos today so you know he gets down and does like the imaginative play and he's just really really a good dad and I think that's not something you usually like brag about <laughs> about yourself, but especially on like a running podcast. Yeah. So I guess that's important to know. Yeah. I've known that forever. That's where I think he's always, that's why I feel like when he's bad at communication, uh, it's because he's prioritizing family. He's just like, my phone is not, I'm not entertaining mm-hmm. it. I'll get to it when I'm, have my, I'm by myself mm-hmm. for sure. That's why half of our podcasts and I do, I give him some slack here, but I also get on him for it. Like 
they're not always released on time. And oh yeah, I if know. they are, if they are released, they're released at ten thirty on a Tuesday night because Bracken will wait mm-hmm. until the day is done, the kids are down, and he's not interrupting family time, and mm-hmm. he'll go edit at ten thirty at night on a Tuesday. Yep, because he doesn't want to do it during the day, and I think he could get it done in the middle of the day if he had to. But whatever, however his brain works, it he doesn't want to do it when the kids are around, of course, or maybe quality time with you. So it ends up being right. a day later or at night. And I assume it's it's not because he's just sitting there dicking around. It's because he's family time. No, totally not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, a f- kind of a funny story about that. So we put the girls uh, sleep in the same bed. They cuddle each other every night. But uh, we put the girls down at the same time. And one of us always lays with them until they're asleep because mm. they're eight and six. So, you know, this time is actually really fleeting, yeah. even though to say eight years, but yeah. it won't be forever. Anyway. Um, there was a week where Bracken needed to edit the podcast. Well, I guess that's every week, but this particular story, he needed to edit the podcast. And so he told the girls, like, you girls cuddle each other, which is what they do every night anyway. And I'm going to sit at the end of the bed and I'm going to do the podcast. And then when I'm done, I'll climb in and join you if you're still awake. So (laughs) the next day, Mira was very, very mad at him because she could not sleep. Because he was not cuddling her. Mm. And all she could see was the light on his tablet. (laughs) And it was keeping her awake. And she needs him to cuddle her to fall asleep. So she gave him so much crap about that for like two weeks straight. Every time, every night going to bed, she was like, do you need to edit a podcast again? (laughs) He was like, no, I won't do Uh. (laughs) So, (laughs) So it's got to be after they're asleep. He told me about that. Yeah. He told me about the uh, editing while he was in the room with him. Yeah, he tried to. Oh, oh my goodness! She was so upset with him. It was it was cute, actually. But uh, I could imagine. <laughs> it's like you got to give Daddy a break. It's really okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, those are good peeks behind the curtain. Um, those are things I, I might not have asked you about. Um, anything else? Anything else that pops into your brain? Because you know Bracken way better than I do, and it's okay if nothing else. Because I'll start asking specific questions, of course. Yeah. No. I guess nothing else that totally pops into my brain i'm sure your questions will trigger a lot more so all right well let's start this thing uh uh, from the beginning then um tell me about how you and bracken met tell me what happened through your eyes well i was on the cross-country team i won't go into that whole story Can I interrupt um, you real in quick? College, I... um, sorry. So there probably could be some questions that would d- require some context for our listeners. Sure. But we did interview Lisa. Gosh, was it like two years ago now? I don't remember how long ago it was. Yeah, I think so. It was a really long time ago. We did a Lisa uh, Crocker interview. Um, and you get, you get into a lot of things about your life and then your running and mm-hmm. then your relationship with running. But Bracken is infused throughout that as well. So you don't have to over-explain. People can go right. back and listen if they find they like hearing your voice. Okay. So anyways, tell us about when you met. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I was on the cross-country team in college and then I broke my foot. So I was... Uh, this is the first day of school, so that would be cross season, right? That's when I broke my foot. Um, anyway, um, then indoor comes around, indoor track, and I was, because I was on the team, I was living with girls who were on the team, um, and so they were going to the track meet and being the good roommate and friend that I am. I wanted to go watch, so I was there, and I actually... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if I talked about this on the last one, but I knew who Bracken was. He um, was friends with a girl that I used to be very close with in high school. And then we were not really close at that at this point, but he was friends with her. So I'd see him like pop up on her Facebook or whatever. And, you know, Facebook was like just coming mm-hmm. around, I guess, during this yep. time period. Um, so I'd like stalk him on Facebook and I'd be like, dang, he's really good looking or whatever. But you had a boyfriend um, at the time. Well, I'm just going to remind people. Uh, yeah, I did. You may or may not have been in a committed, not much longer relationship. <laughs> okay. Just may, okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm still stalking Bracken online though, because he's very good looking. He is. Um, so then at the track meet. He went running by and he, I I know we said this, but he was wearing basketball shorts. And so not only did he stand out because he's good looking and I've already stalked him, like I know who he is, um, but he's wearing basketball shorts. And I feel like when you're in a, like at a college track meet, that's not a common, like common attire, Mm. you know, everyone's wearing like short shorts or whatever. So I was like, look at this guy. He thinks he's like super cool or whatever. Too cool for the short shorts. Mm Anyway, I had my eye on him, and then he came over and asked if he, if anyone wanted to get food, and so I was like, "Yes, I will take you to get food." <laughs> did, wait, did you did you guys have any interaction before then at all? Never no. words were exchanged. No. He did not know who I was. Okay, well, he knew who you were. I mean, he knew who you were. He well, had noticed you. I don't know. Okay. I <laughs> I don't know if he did, um, but. Yeah, so I I took a chance he wasn't going to murder me. Mm. Um, this is like a, it feels like hitchhiking, you know, like take pick up a strange man and take him I've done to that once. get food yep. or whatever. Okay. So, uh we went to McDonald's and there was a, another person there, another guy who was on the team. Um so it wasn't just the two of us, but we just hung out and like talked and I was like, yeah, he's he's more than just a very good-looking guy. He's cool too (laughs) so we actually i think we um we came i dropped him off and he was like you know i don't add people on facebook (laughs) which actually is still true to this day so (laughs) this i was getting the real bracket so he told me like yeah i don't add people on facebook so i was like okay i'll do it so i added him on facebook and then i can't remember how we ended up like exchanging phone numbers but um uh, my family went to arizona for christmas Um, that was the first year after my brother's, the first Christmas after my brother's accident. And so we didn't want to celebrate Christmas in like the traditional Mm. way. So it was like a weird time in my life as well. Um, dealing with all Mm -hmm. of that. But anyway, we had exchanged numbers and while we were, while I was in Arizona, we texted so much, like it had to have been like a hundred texts a day. I don't know. It was just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all day. The whole like, I don't know, we were there maybe two weeks the whole and time. And that's atypical of Bracken. He's going out of his way there. Very. And you have a boyfriend still, just clarifying, right? You still, you still I had did, a boyfriend. But, I know things weren't perfect. Uh, you don't need to get into details. It, no, yeah. no. Um, And I, I knew at this time, I don't know why, why my brain works this way. I think like... <laughs> a fear of being alone. But I knew already at that time that that relationship was over. Um, He was very unsupportive during the whole um, aftermath of my brother's accident. And I just was really like uh, over it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I didn't just end it if I was like afraid of being alone or Mm -hmm. not having support, even though he wasn't supportive. Anyway, um, shortly, shortly after this Arizona trip, I did end it because I was like, all right. 
I know for sure. Um, but yeah, so Bracken and I were just texting back and forth. Our cell phone bills were outrageous, like hundreds of dollars, because this is the point. This is like that point in time where you still needed to pay per text. Mm-hmm. Like 10 cents <laughs> like a 10 text. Cents yeah. A text oh, yeah. I remember those days. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my Nokia racked up a bill. I, I remember texting back in those days and it was like the QRT, I don't even, the QRTY keyboard or whatever it is where you have to click like the one and then be like, oh, uh, to see, and then click the two yep. and be like, okay, E. Click, click, oh, click, click. It <laughs> yeah. took you like minutes to send a message. Was yes. it those days? Because that's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yes. Yes, it was. So even more, you know, we were invested sure in were. <laughs> the texting. Yep. Man. Okay. Yeah. So you came back from Arizona. So that's our, and somehow that's our you start. started hanging out and then started dating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we started hanging out. Yeah, because we had been texting so much, you know, we were like, we should probably hang out. Um, I think it's it sounds weird, but and he told his dad, I don't know if he's mentioned this on here, but after he met me, he went home. I think this is before I went to Arizona. It was like right away. He went home and told his dad that he had met the girl he was going to marry. And his dad was like, oh, when am I going to meet her? And I think he did tell this and he said, well, you know, she's still dating someone. So (laughs) it was like very early on in our, in our meeting of each other. When did you know you were going to marry him? Well, that's the thing. As soon as I left the other guy and decided, you know, like, okay, you know, I think I was afraid Bracken was like too good looking or like too nice or like too... You know, I think I was afraid he was just, for lack of a better word, like a player, you know, like he was going to hang yeah, out with me yeah. until whatever, and then he would leave. And so I think I was afraid of that. But the more I hung out with him, obviously, the more I could see, like, his intentions were obviously pure. Mm-hmm. And he is just not like that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he was very invested in me right from the beginning. And so I think really early on, I was like, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be very serious. I mean, this was, I paid for his next semester of college after we met. So I wouldn't do that normally for anyone. Talk, talk me through that. <laughs> that's Wait, talk, knew, talk like, me through that's that. That's how, um, yeah, I don't really remember. I was, uh, I think I was interning and so I was making some money. That sounds like a classic player move, by the way. Get the girl to pay for my stuff. Right? right? I was, I know. I don't think I paid for the entire thing, but I think I was paying like lots, lots of it, um, which I I didn't do for the other guy I was dating. This was not like a thing mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> like I wasn't rolling in dough or anything. So um, I don't know. I think I was, we had been talking about like life together and I was like, man, I just don't want I made it through college with no debt mm. um mostly because of my parents but I did work all through high school like I didn't do sports or anything I worked all through high school and then I worked in college a bit um so I made it through with no debt and uh that <laughs> I was like really nervous about all of his student debt falling onto my shoulders when we did get married. So I think I was like, let's just kind of take care of this a little at a time. I've got the money. and So you sort of stepped up for that. He, he wasn't like begging you like, come on, baby, just pay for my tuition bill. Hey, oh, baby. no, 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 no. Got Not it. That was all. you. Got I it. I don't. He. No, he was probably uncomfortable okay. with that. But you also, I get it. Totally get it. In fact, I have a buddy who his big hang up with a woman he met and he ended up, it took him like three years to decide like it was still worth it in his mind. But she had, she was a lawyer and she wasn't doing a great job of making a career out of it and had all this student loan 
debt and credit card debt. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't put that on me. Yeah. So anyways, I had, I had that conversation frequently with him um, back in the day. So I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard. That's a really tricky one. Yeah, it's really tricky. And student debt is so weird with uh, – I mean, like I said, I don't have it. So, mm-hmm. um, But with the interest rate, how you end up just paying forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually he did have a little bit of debt. He This this will give you a peek into his brain too. He um, It was so little. It was probably like – three thousand dollars maybe less than that but he was making like a twenty dollar payment a month for years and i was like you just gotta pay that off because (laughs) he actually wasn't paying off the debt he was paying like paying the interest every time you know so i was like please just pay that off and let's be done with that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we don't need the three grand in Uh debt you Uh know yeah, I've been there. I ripped off the Band-Aid with my student loans eventually. Um, okay, what was Bracken like then back in college? How would you describe Bracken amongst his group of friends, amongst the teammates, amongst everybody? If somebody was like, this is Bracken's role on the team, or what would be the perspective, do you think? Like, what was Bracken known as back then, like if anybody had to describe? I, you know what? I don't really know how, like, the guys perceived him. Um I'm sure he was, I think he was well-liked. Now, this is through my lens, obviously. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. he's this gorgeous guy. Like, everyone loves him. He's so funny. Uh He's sarcastic or whatever. Um, I imagine he was well-liked by the guys, although Bracken has the insane ability of um, (laughs) – he's he's comfortable being uncomfortable. So if there is a hard conversation to have or if there's something he needs to say and he never is like a jerk about it, which is how we started the podcast, but he's comfortable just like telling you how it is basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think sometimes that can rub people the wrong way because he'll just be like, hey, man, knock it off or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think maybe because of that, there were a few guys who maybe weren't like entirely team Bracken, but I think for the most part, he was well-liked by the guys. I know (laughs) uh, my roommate thought he was very attractive. Um, At the very beginning, the day I met him, um, there was a party that night and he went to that party and my roommate went to that party and she thought she was going to like pick him up or whatever. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, she, so it ended up, nothing ended up happening he was not interested or whatever and her feelings were very very hurt but the girls i think the girls were all very attracted to him and um he he was just like so he'd like chat you up at a party or whatever but that was kind of the extent of Mm. it um bracken would never chat anybody up what are you talking about so i i think if (laughs) that's tongue-in-cheek that's (laughs) tongue-in-cheek the man likes the man enjoys talking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has to be the right person, sure, I will sure, say. Sure. Um, he's polite enough to, to chat up anyone, I guess. But Like yeah. a roommate. So, like he'll, he'll chat yeah. her up and give her some yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just remember I was, in my, I was in my room, and she was in her room, and she was, like, crying on the floor, like, bad-mouthing him. Oh. And then you just are – you, are you guys friends anymore, or did that – did you – are you the bad guy? No, actually, we're not. Are you, I bet you she was real mad at you. I might be. Oh. Maybe. I hope she's not listening. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> Jen, you can't stop love, Jen. You can't stop love. Yeah, you can't stop love. No, I'm sure. I'm sure she's fine. She didn't know that. Well, eventually we became a thing. But at that point, it was the day we met. So it was not a thing, obviously. So she didn't know like where my head was at with thinking about him. And Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's an interesting thing to look back on, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, all right. He's editing all of this. No, no, he's keeping all this in. This is the good stuff. Okay, so, so what, I guess, could you give me then the five minute version because then I want to get to some very specifics about Bracken. So specific questions. Okay. Um, the five minute version of your relationship progression then through getting married. If it's even that long or um, maybe walk me through it. No, it is not that long. Basically, I dumped the other guy. Bracken and I started dating and we were just together all the time. I think <laughs> I I don't remember like timelines and dates and stuff. My brain just doesn't work that mm. way. But I'm pretty sure we dated for like a year um, and then we got engaged and then we waited a year and then we got married. Okay. Um, but we were like in the meantime, we had, uh, well, we lived together at my parents' house for a bit and then we bought a house before we got married. Um, and then we got married and so it was kind of quick actually. I think we both just knew right from the beginning, like this is, this is a long-term thing and we, we moved kind of quick in terms of that. So. Okay. Not even five minutes. Perfect. Got yeah. it. And then you got to work on kids shortly after because, I mean, Bracken's, <laughs> bing, bing, Bracken's 36, 37, 37. How old is Bracken? I'm 37 and he's 36. 36. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it... No. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. And you've been married for how many years? Oh, gosh, Kirk. Um, 12. And your oldest son, Brayden, is how old? 12 years. 11. 11. Okay. Perfect. He's 11. I know okay. that. Just. We got married 7, 10, 11. 2011. 12 years. Yeah. So. Okay. That's 12. Yeah. Now you have the big... <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> no, the men are supposed to forget all that, not the women. Um, so we have the big picture then. We have the big picture, um, which is what I just wanted yes. to like set the stage. So um, let's talk about Bracken as an athlete. Let's talk about Bracken as an athlete okay. in relation to his mindset, his racing, his training, all things involved with an athlete, his general sentiment towards the sport, all of that. Back when you'd met him, okay. I believe he still had a season left or two in track. Yes. Um, talk talk to me about Bracken as the athlete back when you met him. Because I want to know what, compare his progression as a human, a coach, an athlete to today, right? And so what was Bracken? How would you describe Bracken as an athlete, uh, as a runner back then? Um, I think he was very serious about it. Okay. I think he had like a lot of uh, like... I don't know if rituals is the right word, but like things had to be, had to be um, like lined up perfectly, I think, um, if I'm remembering correct. Mm -hmm. um, I was not really a part of that process. Like in um, college, I tried to just like give him his space and let him, like he'd leave the apartment and go start, you know, warming up or getting ready or whatever. And I basically just didn't see him then until after the race. Um, so he was, he was really like zoned in mm -hmm. and I decided I would respect that, you know? Did it seem like fun to him or did it seem like serious work to him? Like a job? Um, I would say more like work. Like work. Yeah. Okay. I would say more like work. He's described it similarly. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Did he talk running often then? Was he a student of running? Was it involved in his daily conversations with you like where was his relationship with running then would you say if you had to describe it he would chat with me about it um but it was not like a daily a daily chat we'd have you know um i think we talked about it way way less when he was which is funny because he was you know a serious track athlete in college um 
and yet we were not really chatting about it. I think we just, uh, be, maybe because I wasn't, it wasn't like a relatable or like a thing we both had in common. So we chat a little bit about it, but, um, and obviously he'd like, you know, he's, um, there's probably not a word for this, but like after he runs a race, he'll break it down into like all kinds of takeaways, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so we'd like chat afterwards extensively about the race but it would be maybe like an hour or two of our conversation and then that was it you know okay i mean an hour or two is is decent lip service um yeah i think just like breaking down the meat you know the the races things like that and then but (laughs) like now this like this year currently we chat about running all the time you know like Mm -hmm. i'll be like hey how was your run today or whatever and then he'll give me the breakdown of his run today and I do the same for him you know so we do that every day where back when we met we weren't really doing that did he ever seem satisfied with his performances no no I don't think he ever no <laughs> um from my perspective no mm-hmm. he I don't want to say he's a perfectionist because I wouldn't describe him that way but I think when it comes to running he kind of is and I think he always just accepts or accepts the wrong word expects mm-hmm. <laughs> um Himself to be, you know, at the very best level and there's always something he could have done better. Yep. And um, even if he doesn't uh, express that necessarily, I think he's always thinking that. I, I don't think he was like totally satisfied okay. with his performance, especially in college ever. Uh-huh. Well, it's probably one of his greatest strengths and greatest weaknesses, right? Like the perfectionist side and striving more and analyzing, yeah. but then that often leads you to feel like you didn't nail yeah. it, right? Because whoever really does. Right, and it's funny because right. he talks about, you know, uh, back in college, and we're going to get to his Spartan days and your time in Colorado together as well. But um, but he uh, talks about it, like, eventually, like, quite fondly, right? Like, oh, and I was running this fast and doing this. But in the moment, it's quite difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to see and be satisfied with where you're at. And only in hindsight do you realize, yeah. like, oh, I'm actually pretty good. I'm oh, actually... I was actually really feeling yeah. it, right? <laughs> you just never know it in the moment, yeah. right? Yeah, Um Isn't that with anything in life, you 100%. know? You wish you knew it was the good old days when you were in them. Yes, right? exactly. Uh, what did Bracken aspire to be when he grew up? Did he talk about the future, his career? What What was early 20s Bracken? What were his plans? He, well, you know, he went to school to be a special ed teacher, um, in high school. Um, and I actually do think that was his, I mean, growing up, he was always like hopeful he could be a professional athlete of some sort. Mm -hmm. Like I think many little kids, you know, have that, like Brayden is convinced he's going to be a NASCAR driver. I think it's part of being a kid is you think you're going to grow up and be a professional athlete. Listen, I asked my nephews last night at dinner, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one said he's going to be a zookeeper and the other said he's going to be a police officer. So there's no athletes in my family coming around, but continue. No, I guess not. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there was a period of time where I wanted to be a janitor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I wasn't striving for that either, but... <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I just really love cleaning, but the thought of, like, actually cleaning up other people's stuff is horrifying to me now, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my grandfather would be insulted. He So my grandfather was, in quotes, a janitor uh, for the Green Bay Public Schools. Okay. Uh, and he was... You don't... You dasn't. He would use the word dasn't. You dasn't call them a janitor. He's a custodian. 
Yes. And they're very yes, different. Yes, of course. So he was yes. he was head custodian and he oversaw all the other custodians. And so he, he always set me straight on that when I referred to janitors as janitors. Yeah. But anyways, no need to tangent. So I think it is common though that kids want to be professional athletes. Anyway, that was, I think, his hope growing up always mm-hmm. um, in any sport, really. And I think he thought he was going to be a professional baseball player. He was actually just talking to Brayden about this. Um, baseball was like his thing. Um, but when we met, I think he, you know, you kind of grow out of that stage a bit of like the the dream of mm-hmm. the future when all of a sudden you realize you're like an adult and you have to make money and you have to, you know, have a secure income and provide for your family and all of that so I think he actually was really excited about teaching for a a long period of time um his dad is an absolutely phenomenal teacher like doing things with kids that are so um above and beyond like desk paper and pencil you Mm -hmm. know like just really reaching kids on a whole new level I think his dad is like one of the absolute best teachers. Um, and Bracken grew up going to his classroom and seeing him, you know, using, I mean, we're talking like archery and like um, the, like building greenhouses. And uh, currently he's, he's got an aquaponics thing set up mm. and he's um, growing all of the lettuce that the school uses for school lunches. And the kids are taking care of the fish and like, just things that are really outside the box. Fantastic. You know? So yeah. So Bracken grew up going to his dad's classroom and seeing him using these really like different methods and um, with rough students too. It wasn't like, you know, anyway, that's, I guess that's. Wasn't point. in Mequon is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Brookfield or uh, Shorewood. Yeah, okay. So yeah. And these are, it was an alternative school. So these are kids that were kicked out of of regular high school basically and he's still getting them to be engaged and in the community Mm. and you know like doing things like growing growing plants you know a kid who was kicked out of school is tending a greenhouse (laughs) and invested in it so yeah um so yeah bracken saw that and i think he saw the possibility of what you can do with kids especially kids who you know either are special have special needs or kids who um I don't know, need something different than what we're all so used yep. to. But when he uh, – we bought a house in Walworth, which is a population of like 500. It's very small. Um, and so the high school is obviously very small. And he – I think he realized like this is a very cushy job, but it's not at all like what I was – in. like th- – do I want to live my life doing this mm-hmm. forever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, am I making a huge difference here? And is this what I, well, you know, what I envisioned growing up and all of that? And so I think it made it um, easier for him when we decided I would stay home. Um, we had to sell our house because we kind of like went a little above and beyond when we bought the house. But we were both full-time teachers and we were, you know, no kids or whatever. And then all of a sudden I wanted to stay home with Brayden and, um, so we sold the house and he started teaching at his dad's old school, the school that his dad actually started this alternative mm-hmm. high school. Um, and we moved in with his parents while we kind of tried to figure out what we were doing with our lives. Um, and he just, uh, I just really felt for him because the school that his dad started, um, is still there, but it's not 
the same. You know, it doesn't necessarily, at this point in time, the principal was not necessarily on board or I, d I don't know what the politics behind it, but um, Bracken wanted to make a difference. And basically they told him like, you need to do it this way. And he was like, this is not the way to do mm -hmm. it. You know, this is not actually helping these kids. This is just filling out the paperwork and saying we did what we needed to do. So he really struggled with that. And after that year of him of him teaching there at his dad's old school, I told him, like, we got to do something different. This is not the Bracken I know. This is not the Bracken, like, I fell in love with. Why? Why was he? What was he doing? What was he? He just, he'd come home and he, like, he'd be crabby, super crabby because, you know, he spent all day, like, fighting the good fight and just not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so he was frustrated and he was crabby and, like, just energy spent he had no time like no energy for playing with Brayden and to complicate things a little bit Brayden because I was home with him but also naturally he is a mama's boy so like Bracken would come home and he would cling to me and Bracken's like what am I even doing you know my son doesn't want to mm. like he's not running over to me when I when I come mm. home and then you know that would kind of upset him more um so it was just like that entire year I was like yeah this is not this is not working. I understand you're still teaching, you're bringing in money and like, thank you for supporting our family. Like you are the sole provider. Thank you so much. But next. <laughs> so during timeline wise, uh, timeline wise, sorry. Um, this is coincidentally mm -hmm. about the time that he stumbled upon Spartan racing as well. So correct. So it is. Yep. So this is making more sense to me. So he has this new athletic pursuit. So his cup is being filled at least with that in some capacity. Obviously, job is wearing on him. So it yeah. was like, here is my chance to get out of a job that isn't working for me and the family. So I'm going to run through this door as fast as I can and see if I can make this work instead. Is that mm -hmm. exactly like how it happened? Um, I would actually say not really. I would say he was more tentative. Um, Back when we bought the house in Walworth, that is the time frame actually where he found Spartan. It was in Walworth where he discovered it because he was actually building um, like walls and obstacles with his students in class during that time. That was like a he would take his um, students to like the hardware store so that they could buy, you know, it was all the math involved with like purchasing the lumber and how much you need. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't know, all of all of the logistics of that. So he had it in his life and he was he was pretty successful um at that point. And then when we moved back to West Dallas with his parents, um, he was able to kind of have that as an escape, but it felt like I think to him it felt like he was leaving and you know, he'd he'd he I think he felt like he was taking away from the family by leaving. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to be he wanted to be serious about it, but he, I think he was really conflicted with how how much time and energy can I put in while working a full-time job, while having, you know, a small child. So, um, and then I got pregnant well, with... Well, Bracken talks about... Sorry to interrupt. Bracken talks about... No, that's okay. Uh, ...a period of time with, with Spartan that he was racing like every weekend or like every other weekend and he was all in. Was that while he was still working mm -hmm. as a teacher? Was he working... Or was yes. So he would be working like Monday through Friday, and then he'd get on a Friday night flight, and so he would be working all week, and he would travel a lot of weekends to race. Mm -hmm. So he was doing it all at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I could see how that would be stressful. He was right, but he was bringing home a thousand bucks a weekend. Yeah, 
It a lot was, of times, yeah. right? He was winning back-to-back races, well, and yeah. that was helpful. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, he was um, – he felt like, okay, I'm covering the cost of flight and hotel and all the travel cost, and, you know, I'm doing something that – he's competitive, so to have – have that competitive outlet was really good for him um especially at that point you know when you're stressed like (laughs) being able to compete or run or exercise or whatever it is that you do um is a great healthy outlet so it was yeah it was a little little of this little of that I guess um so yeah then uh we got I I got pregnant with Ayla and um it was we moved to Colorado when she was three months old. So there was, I think, some question, like time-wise it's all kind of blurry, but I think there was some question about if he was going to go back or not. And I was like, Bracken, you cannot keep doing this. This is not how I want to live life either, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's it's not fun for me. You're having a terrible time. <laughs> but this isn't healthy for Brayden either. So um, he never, ever pushed to to leave teaching i think he was scared like what what am i going to be able to do without having the safety net of teaching Mm -hmm. um i pushed i think because i saw like this is not a road we want to go down Mm -hmm. so i pushed for him to leave i said we will figure it out we'll do whatever it takes and you know the fact that we both like i've got my master's in teaching and I left it, mm-hmm. and he obviously has his degree in teaching. So the fact that we have that safety net to fall back on if it didn't work out I think was huge too because mm-hmm. we felt comfortable like let's try something totally, totally, totally out of the box. At least in our circle, in our realm, that was really out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I pushed for that. I was like we've got to do something different. And uh, so we moved out to Colorado <laughs> so he could train full time. Okay, so things came to a head with work. I assume he left in the summer, like impending school year was coming back around for the fall. And it's like, we got to decide. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah, how it and was. And then you guys moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it sounds like a very collective decision. A lot of times, you know, you hear stories of athletes dragging their family through the mud as they're trying to rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like it was very much a collective decision. And in fact, you were all for it. If, as long as it was not, yeah the same the same day to day that you guys had been running in the previous couple of years. Yeah, I just wanted him to be happy, you know? I could tell he wasn't yep. like a, like ha- happy or content in our lives and what kind of life is that? So I was like screw that. Let's yeah. let's make our own way, you know? And at this time Bracken is rising as a Spartan superstar, right? He's winning most races. He's Yeah. He is starting to be on the cover and advertisements for the brand. He is yeah. rising in in the series. He's getting paid by Spartan, I believe, as a pro athlete now. He has some sort of contract with them as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So some something. Yes. Well, okay. Well, ish. Yeah. It, that's all part of the equation, right? And so and it's interesting because we talk about Bracken as like the athlete often and, and Bracken does like to talk about back in the day, right? He does there's no denying that he likes to talk mm-hmm. about his successes or his experiences back in the day. But we don't hear that side of things, right? Like mm-hmm. we we stick to the racing. Like this is when my fitness was good. And this is when, you know, and we're going to get to the next part of the conversation, which is uh, Colorado, which where you think things are going to get even better, right? Now that we have this time and then sometimes mm-hmm. uh, the grass isn't always greener for other reasons, right? 
And I think that's all like brings Bracken to where he is today, mm-hmm. which I think is like, you know, obviously a very uh, successful, I hate to say it, but more successful coach than anything and teacher of the sport, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But you have to kind of do the mm-hmm. sport for oh, quite a while to learn along the way. But anyways, yeah. so just to uh, keep the listeners in the loop, this whole time Bracken is now all in racing every other weekend throughout the year. Spartan is life we will call it right it gets a lot of his emotional energy outside of you and the family right that's basically where we're at yeah right yep so you moved to colorado holy crap tell me about it i know tell me about bracken then tell me about bracken's mindset now in relation to sport talk about bracken so you said we talked about college right bracken's relationship with his competing any insight now that decision to move to colorado bring the whole family with focus full-time on his fitness and training what was bracken's mentality as an athlete then um, very, very, very serious about it. He was all in. As you um, would expect. He really wanted to live the life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he really wanted to live the life of a professional athlete. And so, and he's talked about this, but like multiple runs a day, naps in between, um, like making sure the the diet is good, which you know Bracken is basically pizza and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not concerned about uh-huh. diet at all. But you know he was fo- he was really focused. Um, he was really intent on making it work. He was, yeah, he was he was very into making it work. But I will say he was also very stressed because suddenly he's trying to make a living being a professional athlete in a sport that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this as his wife. Okay, I I don't run Spartan races. I I I'm I'm just saying this as yep. his wife. I think the some of the people um really kind of screwed him over. I think he deserved a lot more than he was getting from Spartan at that time. I think he was kind of the face. Not the only face. I understand there was like Hobie and Cody and Hunter mm-hmm. and, you know, there were other players involved, but he was one of the, he was, you know, really at the top. And um, I I felt like he did a lot for the sport and the sport didn't always give back to him in the way that as his wife, I thought he deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I credit Spartan 100% with when we had Brayden, the three of us traveled together all the time especially when Brayden was under two because he was free to fly so we Brayden has already been to like three quarters of the states in the U.S. because we traveled so much they paid for you to travel with him uh they paid for him and then we figured if we just have to pay for my flight and Mm -hmm. then Brayden can come because flights are free for under two um we're like, why wouldn't yeah. we? You know, the yeah. hotel's already being covered, so we're just paying for my flight. So we experience like the experiences we had and the travel we had, and I think um, f- for Brayden to be able to travel so much, like that was amazing. And I think that really like catapulted our lives together as a oh, couple sure. and as a family. And um, I credit Spartan with all of that. You know, we would have never if we were both teaching full time. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe like one trip in the summer to another state, yep. you know, so it was amazing. And I love I love what Spartan did for us. But at the same time, I hate I hate that he didn't get what I felt like he deserved from them. Um, I felt like uh, they kind of turned their backs on him and kind of used him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he was 
very serious about it. He would have basically done anything for them because he wanted to be that professional athlete. He wanted to um, support our family Mm -hmm. and live that life. And so he was also really stressed because Spartan wasn't, you know, handing out a lot of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, compared to now, it was a lot of money. He was winning money at races and such. Um, But he didn't get the sponsorships and all of those things. So it was... um, I think overall, when he looks back on Colorado, I think the like emotion he feels is stress. Mm-hmm. He had so much on his shoulders, and he was trying so hard to do the professional thing. And I, I wasn't, um, I was one hundred percent supportive, but at the same time, like I wanted to like explore Colorado, mm-hmm. and you know, I was like, oh my goodness, neither of us are working per se, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got. Braden and we've got Ayla like let's go climb the mountains and uh-huh. you know like do the Colorado thing and so I think that like was a little bit strained you know I think we were not totally on the same page there uh-huh. and I didn't know he was so stressed about the income and that side of things I thought it was you know entirely he's just trying hard to make it as at the very top. I just, I think it's interesting when we look back on Colorado because I do remember like the hikes and taking the kids to the park and uh, climbing the mountains. And, you know, I I remember all of those things. Um, we were living in an apartment building and in that complex, I met a woman named Stacy. She had three kids who were almost the same ages as my two, like a year older and a year younger and then right in the middle or whatever. So we were together all the time. The kids were together all the time. Like we were at the pool hanging out every day. So for me, it was like, wow, I'm living the life. (laughs) So when I look back on Colorado, I'm like, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. You know, we were, we were doing something totally different. It was like an exciting adventure. Um, And I think when he looks back, he remembers being stressed, Uh you know, feeling like he was under so much pressure. (sighs) The athlete life, um, relying on performance to make your living. I think people aspire thinking that's the dream. And of course, rightfully so, you're doing something you love mm-hmm. to make a living. But oftentimes that very thing then turns mm-hmm. it into something maybe you don't love as much. And the strain of performing in that way in an athletic pursuit, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, it just has to change the dynamic of your relationship with that thing astoundingly. Yeah, um, this is a question I don't know if I should be asking, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, and it's about money. People okay. are weird about money. I am not. I have no problem talking about money. Okay. It's just, I think for perspective, um, when you leave uh, a job, which is steady income, and then you go to being a, in quotes, professional mm-hmm. Spartan racer or athlete, at peak mm-hmm. and this is selfish curiosity like what at pinnacle did bracken make per year on race sponsorship winnings like what would have been like the biggest like where you really were you at even you know he was we talk about spartan back in the day about like that's when you could get yours and make mm-hmm. your money there was a window there from like 2014 to 2018 17 maybe where people were actually like making some money people gave it a swing mm-hmm. at it what what are we talking there I know he wasn't a world champ and he never got the big paycheck, right? But what are, what are we looking at? Was it even, was it a fool's dream in hindsight to think you could make a living at it is what I really want to know. And with that comes what the income was. Um. Okay. I actually don't know. And I'm not saying that because I'm weird about money. I don't really care. Um, we sold our house and uh, in like prior to that, uh, I got a small inheritance from my grandparents 
my my grandpa passed away. Oh. Um, so we had a little bit of money to mm. play you had a cushion. With. Got it. Yeah, we did, which is what allowed us to move out to Colorado. Um, but I think, and I don't know this because um, I know some people will think like, oh, you're silly. Don't do that. But I have zero to do with our finances. And I did basically from the time we got married, he took over all of okay. that. So I never knew. I will say um, there were, t- <laughs> he's going to, he's going to hate I'm saying this. There were times I would go to Walmart and the debit card would be denied. Mm-hmm. And I'd call him and I'd be like, was this like, help yeah <laughs> <laughs> was this meant to be yeah, yeah, or is this an accident yep. um so it it got to be a struggle it yeah. was um yeah it was not easy well <laughs> you know and he didn't get the sponsorships you know he was going on his winnings right which then you have all that added pressure on and like you said it turns it into a job and like get upset with your body when it doesn't perform the way you know it can mm-hmm. or you know you thought it could mm-hmm. or um yeah so it got oh i just saw i've been looking for this bag and it's down <laughs> on the floor in bracken's cl- um office. we were talking about it being <laughs> a mess there hey, it is hey what a day okay anyway um <laughs> yeah so i don't know numbers i know we got very low in our bank account while we were in Colorado. That was part of why we wanted to come home because, first of all, rent, um, we we were doing what we could to make it work, I guess is what I'm saying. And it was, we were kind of bleeding money at that point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I left my corporate job to become a independent personal trainer, we'll call it, I left the corporate world. Um, there are risks that are involved when mm-hmm. you leave something secure and steady and then try to do your own thing. I mean, I, we don't need to get into it, my story, yeah. but you know, my bank account hovered well under, I didn't have a family. I didn't have kids, a wife, anything. It was just myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my bank account mm-hmm. the first six months. I don't know how often it saw above a thousand bucks. I was a 27 year old man had to have my mom's help with, yeah. uh, with paying my apartment's rent twice. As I made the leap of faith, I had the luxury of time okay. because I was only worried about myself. And and you look back and, and there, there might be right. some like sort of like, you know, cloudy sentiment over this, but like this is, that's part of like the process. Like, don't get us wrong. Bracken was, I, I assume, very totally. invigorated by the prospect. It was a very exciting time, right? Like, it's not like all doom and gloom. It's like, dude, it's oh, out. Yeah, right. Like, this is, yeah. like, talk about living life. Like, you guys were living life. Oh, yeah. And I was too in that point. But, like, anytime you transition to working for yourself, which is what Bracken was doing and what I t- attempted to do. And now, mm-hmm. you know, it, I got my wheels under me eventually. But, like, it ain't easy. And I didn't have the pressure of a family or a wife. Very minimal bills. Yeah. And I still had yeah. to call mom and be like, mom, I'm pursuing my pipe dream here. Can you help pay yeah. my rent? <laughs> oh, my God. So anyways, that's, I think, expected. Yeah, it was like you said, it was we were living the dream. Um, and then, you know, we were really fortunate because um, his parents let us move in with them twice through this process once. When, while he was teaching in West Dallas and we were trying to figure, like I had left my job, we were trying to figure that out. Um, and then we moved to Colorado. And then when we were like, okay, we, we need to reevaluate what we're doing because something's not quite working. Um, and then obviously there was a huge component. The kids were getting bigger and they wanted to be with cousins and grandmas and grandpas. So that was, family was a huge reason why we moved back. But we moved back in with Bracken's parents at that point too while we were like, okay, 
what is Mm -hmm. next for us, you know? And um, I think we did a good job of like um, taking things as they came at us, you know, and just really kind of going with the flow. Um, Considering we did have a family, we had two kids at that point. It, 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 It was stressful, but I think it was like, for me at least, it was an adventure. And I think Bracken kind of looks at it that way too. You know, yeah. it was, it, as you keep saying, you know, it was what got us to where we are today. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Okay. Um, yeah. he, uh, what was Bracken's day to like, walk me through a day in the life of Bracken as a, as a pro athlete when you were in Colorado, like, uh, wake up to go to bed. What was it like? Um, okay. So <laughs> I, I might butcher this. He'll listen and he'll be like, no, that's, that's not fine. He's, right. But the way I remember that's all this it, is about. um, I also had, I also had a three month old baby at the time. So my, <laughs> I'm going to use that as my uh-huh. excuse. Mom brain going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would get up and go for a run. And then he, he, I do remember he really wanted to take a nap every day. Mm -hmm. So he would come home and he would want a nap and I'd try and keep the kids, you know, out of the room. Granted, we were living in an apartment. Um, I think at that point it was just Macaulay with us. Um, so trying to keep the kids quiet, like I'd take them out or whatever and let them play outside or to the pool while Bracken would nap. And then he'd want to get in another run or workout we had a fitness center in the apartment complex um so it it was the way I remember it was like running um napping eating running (laughs) eating bedtime yeah that's what I would expect (laughs) so that's that's how I remember it he may he may fix or correct me but well on one of my visits with like Hunter McIntyre him and I have lost touch a little bit over the last year or two, but he had lived the professional athlete life for years. And when I'd go visit in training camp, it was very much wake mm-hmm. up, morning workout, go back, do a little bit of work, eat, sleep, wake up again, do a second afternoon workout, dawdle in the evening, maybe do a little work or lounge and then repeat the process. So it was two workouts, a nap in between and a lot mm-hmm. of food. That was really how it is. So yeah. that sounds pretty like what I would expect. He, um, he talks, it's, It's interesting, but he talks, and he's openly talked about this. He says, Colorado was the fittest I've been, most fit I've ever been. He talks about that with, Mm -hmm. and he says, it's probably the least fit my relationship with my wife had been. He talks about that. That's not his words. Those are my, those are my words. I'm, I'm putting them into, I'm paraphrasing, but. He, he would say that. Why would he say that? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, and like I said, I think he and I were not on the same page because when I look back on Colorado, I do not have, I don't feel like our marriage was struggling. I feel like he was doing his thing. I was, I was momming. And so he and I were not super strong. I guess I'll admit that part of it, but I don't think we were like struggling Mm. at all. You know, I, and I was blind to the money because like I've already said, he was taking care of all of that. He was the one in charge of finances. And so I was not like stressed about money necessarily. I mean, obviously the times that the card was denied, I was like, what's going on? But I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah, Okay. (laughs) You know, I think Um, that goes to show what, what pressure could could do to somebody though. Right. Like, cause his was probably a more stressful lens he was looking through with a lot of weight on his shoulders in regards to providing. Oh, totally. Right. And not that it wasn't stressful for you, but it would be a different kind, different type, different way. Um, Okay, so you went to, you Well, and like let's face it, money money is stressful, you know, when you have when you're the sole supporter of your family, money is stressful. Like it just is. And so 
Um, the fact that I had nothing to do with that. I never saw the bank account. I didn't know the numbers. I was not stressed about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, he was stressed about it. So that's, that's what that was, you know? And I, I feel badly looking back that that was, um, the way he felt about it. Mm. You know, I wish that we, he and I had been more on the same page and more, um, open about that with each other and that we were, that he and I were closer. Mm. But I think for me personally, I was very involved with the kids and I felt like Bracken was doing his thing. And that's what the thing is. I don't know. Yeah. That's what you went out <laughs> like, there to do. I don't know what being a professional athlete yeah. looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So do your thing. I support you. Yeah. You know? So where did, where did that decision come to a head to move back? What, what came to a head there? Get yourselves back to Milwaukee. And since you've been back in the same area now. So Colorado, you guys left Colorado in 2015? Yeah. 16? Something um, around there? Wait. No, I think it was after that. Ayla was born in 2015. So we were living in Colorado. 15 and 16. In 2015. And then we had Mira in 2000. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. We had Mira in 2017. And we were home already. Yep. So we were there basically two years okay. before we had Mira. Yeah. So like 15 to 17-ish. Okay. So it comes down some points like, well, this isn't working. Obviously, we need to we need to reassess what we're doing here as far as like career and family and stuff. So let's move back. And did a lot of it have to do with like was, was Bracken mm -hmm. at a crossroads? Like, what am I doing now? Was he having like some sort of like existential crises? Like, can I be an athlete? Do I need to go back to work? Was it like, nope. I think coaching would make a lot of sense right now. Like how did that transition? Cause right now Bracken is like, you know, he has worked really hard to carry himself as like a coach, an athlete coach, a coach, I think first and foremost now, which I consider mm -hmm. myself as well. Athlete comes second at this point for me. I don't know if he's come to terms with that yet. I think he has. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So walk me through that. Walk me through that phase. Walk me through what the heck happened next. Um, he probably was internally like freaking out about, um, yeah, what is next? Um, I do recall a time period where he was talking about um, possibly going back to work or having to figure that out. And um, I don't know that I ever took him super serious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think once you have <laughs> – um, I, I didn't know the finances. So I was like, no, you're not. Um, we thrive as a couple when we're together. Yeah. <laughs> so for him to like go back to work, I was like, wait, is that – that let's have that be our last option, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. where you leave the house. Um, and I don't remember how leaderboard came about, but I think the timing of it was really perfect. Um, I cannot remember if they reached out to him or if they were already friends. I should know this, but I, I don't. Um, so when leaderboard came around, we were like, yeah, this is great. This is going to work. You know, like you are an amazing athlete. You're good at coming up with, you know, these workout, like he wrote his own, own training plans yep, yep. throughout all of this. Um, so you're great at the training plan aspect of it. And I can't remember, he probably was already coaching a few people by that point. He was, um, just a apex training. I think what was his, what was the name he was running under? Was that before leaderboard? Mm -hmm. Cause I remember seeing headbands. I bet that from my recollection, I'm glad that he can't be here to correct us, but it, I'm pretty sure it was. I saw the apex. Yeah. Well, he would stuff. know yeah. for okay. sure. Anyways, he started coaching. That's the first time he started taking on people. So he was coaching yeah. a bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's not super lucrative. And he always, always has and probably always will, like, undervalue his 
what what he brings to the table um so he he wasn't making a bunch of money by any means um but it was enough that he never did take up another job Hmm. um like he never left to go back to work and i i still haven't gone back to work so it was enough yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) is is my perspective of it (laughs) it was enough we made it work (laughs) yeah that's how it seemed (laughs) so yeah and then leaderboard started and that was a huge huge growth like opportunity for bracken to see what works what doesn't work how do i want to how do i want to do this like communication training plans partners you know the whole the whole thing that's when i found bracken leaderboard days Okay. My first, my second Spartan race ever, I got my butt kicked on a ski hill here in Minnesota. And I think three of the guys that beat me, I took fifth, had apex. They had like a big A, I think, on their chest painted in marker, an apex headband okay. or something. And Mike Ferguson was being coached, Garrett Toll, Ian Caskey, all these guys. Those three beat me. Okay, yeah, those And are Mark Botris beat me that day. Yeah. I did some burpees, but whatever. Okay. No, I did beat Ian Caskey. I beat you, Ian. <laughs> we won't mention yeah. that. Anyways. And I was like, what is this Apex shit, you guys? Like, you guys beat me. Come on, what the? And they're like, oh, we get coached by Brack, and here's his info. Reach out if you'd like. And I did, and I reached out, and he filled out his questionnaire. And then he basically said, hey, could you do leaderboard? And it's this new thing. And so I was like, okay, I guess. You know, I I, sure, I wanted to work with you. And I still was. I didn't really understand at the time it was a transition period for him. But I very much was on the very beginnings of leaderboard, like from day one. And then I was with leaderboard for maybe six months until um, I decided like, hey, maybe, you know, I was was coaching runners at the time myself. I just wasn't OCR specific. And so I learned what I thought I did and then and moved on and me and Bracken became buddies after that. But nonetheless, I was there for that. So now I'm I'm actually in the know a little bit. This is when I started to know okay. Mr. Bracken. Okay, cool. Um all right. So you guys do that. He starts leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Uh it seemed like I mean, gosh, did they have a good group of athletes and the system was nice. Yeah. And it was pretty fluid. And I mean Bracken would hop on calls on Facebook once a week. And I remember we would I would even go out of my way to watch the mm-hmm. Bracken's face live talk about whatever was going on, the workouts and the races. And I'd like hang on every word and I was yep. like, Yeah, okay, I can't wait. Maybe he'll say my name from the race I did and did like he Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean I really looked up to Bracken and um in that way because he knew the things about the sport and I didn't at the time, right? And so from that perspective, he was he was fantastic. Um, you know, we had I paid a hundred bucks a month, right? Okay. And we would get quarterly calls with him as included. So we would schedule a call and we'd actually get to chat like face to face. He would do his weekly mm-hmm. shout out stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the leaderboard days, it served me well for a time. And then it was, you know, ran its course for me and moved on. But like, I had a lot of fun memories and he, yep. he handled it well. He wasn't terribly quick to respond at that time either. <laughs> I remember being a messenger. But <laughs> as far as a leaderboard experience with him. We had three small kids at that point. Um, it was great. Honestly, it was, it was when I start thinking about my path and how my path has changed and now I'm a full-time coach. I mean, who would have thought now personal training Mm -hmm. is my part-time gig. I used to be the opposite. Now it's like, that's just that's my icing on the cake. Anyways, um, that really changed my trajectory. I think is deciding to join leaderboard, meeting Bracken, um, finding the sport, you know, I've come mm-hmm. up with my own uh, thoughts, philosophies, workouts, but it was largely groomed by things I learned from him during that time without even knowing it. Yeah. And so, oh, that's awesome. You know, I really love in life where you can like look back and see, like point out specific thing, like events or whatever that 
really did change the path of your life. You know, I, I love looking back on those and just being able to be like, wow, that is just crazy. You know, that one thing, that one decision I made has led me all the way here. But without that one decision, totally different path. I think that's really wild. <laughs> and not to, this isn't about me, but like it, it is in relation to Bracken, of course, is like, yeah, you know, uh, without finding Spartan, which I'm falling out of love with increasingly by the day, right? Like something served me so well for a period of yeah. time. And now I have a bitter taste in my mouth. And I mean, they still owe me money and all that. Yeah. Anyways, beside the point, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that uh, is, you know, because of that, because of leaderboard, because of you know, the chain of events, Bracken and I deciding to start our own podcast, going from coaching 15 pure runner athletes and having 60 clients in the gym to now coaching full-time athletes at capacity. And, and because we started a podcast and people started reaching out and the same for him, I assume that from our talkings, things have been much busier and, and in a good way. Right. And, and as far as like uh, mm -hmm. career, yeah. it's just interesting to see the the domino effect of all of these decisions. And for me, um, that leaderboard time period now, as you said, the pivot point is interesting. So leaderboard he refers to. And then obviously that fell apart mm -hmm. because of, you know, the band always breaks up. Right. Because yes. people can't agree on things. Is that what happened yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he has never wanted to go into specifics like public publicly about that so yeah, yeah. i'm not asking for i think that. we'll we'll say that differences in opinion i guess and um i think that was heartbreaking for him in a way i think he thought the setup and the way that was working uh that was, was that an app or was that on Online. It was their website was leaderboard was like a, fit and they had and then an app, we right? used Slack as far as our um, communication and then I think I think there was there might have okay. been an app maybe that was after I left I don't know okay I think there might have been an app okay so, so this is bad but it'd be like if you asked if you walked into any workplace and you asked a person about the very specifics of their spouse's um, job yeah, work yeah, yeah. place you know that they may not be able to answer all these but um, I think he was. He was really excited about what leaderboard could be, 100%. that it could be bigger and bigger and he could reach more people and, you know, train more people and not even for the financial aspect of it, but just, you know, he saw success yeah. happening where we had, you know, he hadn't necessarily seen. Um, and so he was super pumped about it. And I think when, you know, he saw it, it was just not going the way he had hoped. I think it was heartbreaking for him. I don't know that he would use that word. Mm -hmm. Like I said already, he, he it was it was a huge opportunity for growth for him. And so he took from that everything he needed to so that he could move forward. But um, yeah, so that ended up breaking up. And he, yeah. Can I touch on leaderboard for a second about one more, one more thing? I don't think people realize leaderboard was OCR coaching for its stint. Um, you know, Robert Killian won the world champs and then had Killian's training system in conjunction with leaderboard. So we had Robert Killian on, on board. The people who had That's gone, about the that. people yeah. who had gone through the leaderboard ranks as athletes coached by Bracken. Not that I'm a big deal by any means, but myself, um, Tyler Veerman, Rich Ryan, um, a host of the the women like Tiffany Palmer, who were very successful. Uh, you got Mike Ferguson, Garrett Toll, Ian Caskey, people who were Forrest Bogue, who is a top 10 in the world at Spartan Race World Champs, um, came up in the ranks of leaderboard, myself included. 
like some of the names, like Tyler Veerman's a multi-time world champ. Mm-hmm. Um, number of people taking top 10 at world championships along the line. Richard, Rich Ryan is a DecaFit world champion. Uh, people that like people that really were, he got, they got people who had a lot of talent and didn't know what to do with it and needed guidance. And they were really good at that. Mm-hmm. We had a drove of hungry guys yeah. putting out good times and good metrics and all that. So, like, this wasn't just, like, some, like, half-assed, like, system. This was, like, it was a real deal. And we had some really good athletes on board. There's a lot of people I don't think knew that. Like, mm-hmm. leaderboard was really the beginning for a lot of guys who you know now in the sport, which I think is pretty dang cool. Okay. Yeah. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really cool. I'm like gushing over here. I'm like, oh, that's my man. <laughs> um, he really is dreamy, as you said. <laughs> he did that. He did, yeah. And so, oh, totally. Uh, then he ends up coaching on his own after that. Goes off, coaches on his own. And then yeah. basically what I'm understanding is coaches on his own, takes over the Obstacle Dominator podcast when Hunter decides he's had enough, runs the Obstacle Dominator podcast mm-hmm. with Benny Gifford, is coaching, making a little... Yeah, and I think he was really... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I think he was really open with Benny at the beginning of that podcast and saying, like, I'm using this as a learning tool and I, I'm doing this with you. It will not be forever. I think he was, like, super upfront about that. You know, this is – I'm learning the ins and outs of podcasting at this point. So that was never meant to be, like, a long-term thing for him. But, yeah. Yeah. He had – sorry. I totally cut you no, off. No, that's – Yes. He had that going, coaching. And making a little <laughs> bit of money as an athlete at this point. He would started his injury stuff, sort of started popping up. He was racing a bit, but not like he was mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then I actually started listening to Obstacle Dominator as I was all in, right? Um, and so that's all I did then was listen to OCR okay. content and running content. Um, and podcasts were really booming at the time too. Like it was, now it's like, eh, we're a dime a dozen, but like it was still novel somewhat years ago. Yeah. Anyways, and I, I remember I listened in, I just couldn't wait for Benny to stop talking. And so I could hear Bracken drop knowledge bombs and I enjoyed listening to him. <laughs> like, and believe it or not with Bracken, yeah. I feel like if you had to say who keeps the podcast on track, Kirk or Bracken, I would say me. I think I keep things on track more than he does. With Benny, Bracken kept the whole ship on track and it was always like okay yeah. please like bracken get get oh, him yeah. back to center and he always would anyways so i started listening and now bracken and our buddies and we are chatting a little bit you know about training and coaching he didn't want my money anymore we just bounced ideas off each other and all that right he never was about the money bracken he never seemed mm-hmm. to really never led the way for him it was always you know helping no yeah. i know i was always like bracken you are undervaluing yeah. yourself <laughs> like I know you're friends with all these people, but you, if you're still coaching them in any capacity, like accept the yeah, money. Right, right. No, I agree. <laughs> and I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know the money. I didn't know the money situation. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I was always team Bracken. Like, don't undervalue yourself. You know, you're a good coach. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. And um, I think the thing about Bracken too is he. Uh, I hate the term. I don't hate the term, but the term life coach, he is like a life coach as well mm-hmm. as a running coach. Like when you are being coached by Bracken, you are not just talking to Bracken about running. You know, you are, you're having full on conversations with him about your life. And um, so, yeah, I'm like, you're, you're investing your time and your energy and you're, you're helping people through more than running. Like, just face it, you are. And <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, I listen to a podcast. I can relate. From, yes, I'm sure. From a life coach. And she's talking about how she charges $500 an hour so that you can be coached by her. And I'm like, Bracken, you are charging. You, you're undervaluing yourself mm. so much. And I'm not saying like, you know, I know there's levels. I know there's different things. I, I understand all of that. But right from the beginning, uh, you know, I was like, I understand they're your friends, but go ahead and charge yeah. them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with you. If he were here, he'd be like, yeah, I was charging a little bit. I was accepting like $20 or whatever. I don't know. If that pennies, <laughs> if anything. He would, he would probably argue with me, you know, mm-hmm. like anyway. So, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> But so point being is, yeah, Bracken and I were chatting somewhat regularly. Now at this point, it's just he's calling me like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this or training. Somehow he must have started to respect my thoughts and value my opinion. And he's got a few people like Rich Ryan. He bounces that stuff. Somehow. I mean, who knows? (laughs) Anyways, and then then it it came the idea, you know, to start the podcast. And uh, he eventually broke from Benny. And then this has been, it'll be four years in January. So, um We've been making a good a good run at it, and now I know full time coach. We have a running public training plan. All that things have, you know, from my end when we started the podcast, things have grown exponentially on the coaching front, and I believe it has for him too. So it's just interesting to walk mm-hmm. through it all. Um, which leads me to my my next question, which is, um, and I'm honing in on the coaching because that's how you know whether Bracken likes it or not. Um, I think that's how people look at him now. You know, as we talked about coach, coach first, yeah. athlete second. Totally. Walk me through that transition for him. Yeah. Like walk me through his mindset um, from going like me, 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 athlete, 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 which is how it has to be mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. coach. Like what's that looked like for him as a human, for him and how he spends his time, everything? Well, I think had he not gotten injured, I think the transition would have been really hard for him. Um I think the injury actually, I think this is one of those, you know, looking back on it, you can see where the path diverted from where it had been going. And I think that the injury helped him, especially the second one, because after the first one, he was like, no, I got this. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get right back into it. I'm going to be fast. I'm going to be good. Everything's great, you know, and then that didn't really happen. And then the second one happened and I think he had to really look inward and be like, okay, where can I take this now? Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's not going to be a quick recovery because I've already been down that road. Like who knows how long it's going to be. And I think he, I mean, he's, he's always thinking about it, you know, like he's, he, his brain is always going. And I would say like 90% of the time it's about running and things of that Mm -hmm. nature so I think that by the time you know the second injury happened and then after that I think he had thought about it so much that he was mentally prepared to I don't want to say call it quits because he's not calling it quits but to be comfortable not calling himself an athlete first Mm -hmm. you know and um I do really think that it was that he needed that whole injury time in order to get his mind into the right space of coach first athlete second Mm -hmm. um i would not say he struggled with it um because he had a a long period of time i think he would he i think he could have struggled with that transition had he just been like at the top of his game and then all of a sudden you know people are coming in and beating him beating him beating him and then all of a sudden you know he's like oh what am I now? Right, you right. know, I'm I'm in good shape, but I'm not 
the best anymore. So I think he didn't have to struggle with that mental side of it. I think he just, I think the transition was actually a lot easier. And so, um, I think that that worked out to his, to his benefit really, Mm. because I think it would have been difficult otherwise. Yeah, I can track that. Did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to understand. Yeah, I wanted to understand okay. the. Yeah, the uh, just the transition is that's a. It's an interesting transition, and I'm fighting it like hell, right? I'm like still doing my athletic pursuits, yeah. and I see age is not, not. You know, I'm 40. I'm science and history with other athletes will tell you that at some point the ball is going to start rolling down the other side of the fitness right. hill. And so I'm hanging on for dear life, and I'm happy with it. But like, it's an interesting thing to come to terms with that um you're a coach first and and i think i'm there but um it's just an interesting um mindset shift so uh where do i want to go with this so i guess as far as him being a coach talk to me about now Mm -hmm. what his uh what his day-to-day life looks like as an athlete coach or a coach athlete what does what do things look like for him uh, at home now on a career from a career standpoint yeah totally well, what I said earlier when I was talking to my dad, you know, I, I mentioned he is really good at keeping work during work hours. Um, so we drop the kids off at school at like 830. He comes home and then he has throughout the day he's got calls scheduled. So I would say most days of the week he has a call at nine. Every night I say, what's your what's your day look like mm-hmm. tomorrow? Because <laughs> it changes every day. But, you know, he's got however many calls set throughout the day and those are roughly an hour each so I would say a lot of times he's got like back-to-back calls in the morning and then recording a podcast um he does three podcasts a week so that takes up a lot a a large chunk of time um and then after the podcasts are over um I would say let's see I mean I I try and run while he's podcasting so that I can be home but our schedules haven't like totally you know the kids just started school in September so we're kind of like still new he's working his schedule uh rearranging it anyway um more calls in the afternoon usually but he then is done by we have to leave the house at 320 so he is wrapping things up so that we can leave the house at 320 to go get the kids and then there's nothing in the evening throughout the week so um a weekday calls 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 podcast calls 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 and then whatever time he has in between there, let's say it's a nine nine o'clock call and an eleven o'clock call, like ten to eleven, he'll work on answering messages or emails or um, creating schedules or whatever. Um, then Saturday, he is usually you know good about taking all of Saturday for family, and then Sunday, like I said, while we're watching sports, he'll usually spend. L- many hours creating all of the schedules mm. for everyone i think sunday is like his his day to create and upload mm-hmm. so um like from my perspective he's quite busy between nine o'clock and three o'clock mm-hmm. just he's basically in here or on the couch on his laptop with his headphones on uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um quite he's he's very busy this year i would say coaching yep. um and then you know, he is trying to also squeeze in the athlete side. So now it's kind of funny. He's trying to, I think he's trying to find that balance between work, family, and mm-hmm. get in that workout because he is still a competitive person and wanting to be a competitive athlete. Yep. Um, so like last night he made dinner. He makes dinner every night. I quit that job <laughs> because the kids just don't want to eat. 
anything that we ever make and it was so frustrating. I was like, Brecken, I am done. Although he would say he's just always made dinner. I disagree. I think I used to make dinner and I quit. Good to know. So he All right. took over it. Anyway, so he made dinner last night and then actually, truthfully, he he picked up dinner last night. Ayla had soccer. He picked up dinner. And I was like, did you not get yourself any food? And he said, no, I'm going to run right now. So while we are eating and then I take the kids up for showers and to start bedtime stuff, he's squeezing in a run. Yep. Um, so I think now he's trying to find that balance with yep. where can I squeeze in my workouts? He doesn't have like a large chunk of time during in the middle of the day to get all of the workouts in and stuff. Although I will say if you follow him on Strava, I know he doesn't upload often, but sometimes I can get him out in the middle of the day to run with me mm-hmm. um, in Milwaukee or on the trails or whatever. So he's trying to find that that balance now, and I don't know. He'll get there. I love that, actually. I'm rooting for the athlete to have uh, you know a real shot again for a little bit of a push. I really want that for him. I know. Um, I know. Is he in his phone all the I time? It bothers Jess. So one thing I have a hard time doing, uh, our athletes race on the weekends. So my phone on race weekends, yeah. the day before on Friday, Friday night, Saturday, all day, my phone blows up. And so I'm not, I love what I do. I never get a break from it. Mm-hmm. If I don't look at my phone on a race day, Saturday, right. I pick it back up and there's 20 text messages and half race explanations and screenshots of crap and people needing responses. Um, it's constant. And it's a yeah. privileged position, and I love yeah. it. At the same time, uh, my wife, it's it grows thin with her, I will just say. You guys ever run into that? Yeah. Um, I think there was a period of time where I was like, I think you're on your phone a lot. Um, and then I, under, I, I think I just had to realize that is his work, you yeah. know? Um, this isn't like <laughs> – I'm not saying Jess needs to – feel that way but it's been better lately she has accepted it more more or less and I try to be better now too about it well and that's the thing you know he's pretty good about he he, I will say he's he's pretty good about it I think at the beginning you know when he is trying to figure out how do I communicate with all these athletes and not leave them high and dry but also not be available to them 24 hours a day because honestly that's unrealistic as a human being um but also a father and husband um but yeah I think I'm just always like (laughs) not anymore but at the beginning I was reminding myself either he can be home and be on his phone a bit or he can be at work you know he could be out of the house working eight hours a day and then have to come home right whatever do life so I'm like yeah hey if you need to answer messages that's fine although the other day I think just yesterday I did say what are you doing over there on your phone he said I'm answering messages (laughs) (laughs) oh no I told I told Mira she could go to him I said I was doing something and she's like mom can you do this for me I was like why don't you go to daddy he's not doing anything (laughs) he's sitting there on his phone and he looks at me and he's like I'm answering messages I was like okay (laughs) it does look like well I mean it looks like you're playing but it's mostly my phone is pretty much all work really when I'm in that thing it's it's I mean yeah it does look the same to the outside perspective right. you know the outside person so. yeah yeah yeah. just texting my friends all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. just on instagram <laughs> no he would be he would just be reading on let's run or looking at um sales online oh, shoes. for running yeah supplies. for sure, for so, sure. <laughs> i know it's i know it's somewhere something having to do with running so <laughs> um so in your opinion then as we sort of we're going to work towards wrapping this thing up is what do you think bracken is is hoping to do uh as an athlete, more specifically, the remainder of this year oh, and next okay. year, like, what do you think in a dream scenario, you know, because Bracken's a dreamer, 
and he's been open about being a dreamer. It's what I love about him, to be honest. Yeah, um, he is. I know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think he's hoping? To, what do you think he's hoping for? What do you think? What do you think he wants to accomplish? Well, he, you know, I don't know okay. entirely. If um, we've had uh, just yesterday, I know the day before we ran together, and I was asking him about about it, and um, obviously he hopes to get himself back into good enough shape that he is competitive in any race he does. Yep. You know, that is that is always his hope is just to be competitive with who with whoever's there. So I don't I don't know. I don't know that he has like specific like race goals per se. I think the goal is to be competitive mm-hmm. in any field or competition. Fully pressing and competing still, as far as I'm understanding it. Yeah. 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 Mostly totally. in the hybrid space. Do you know that? He keeps things closer to the chest these days. And I don't know if, you know, yeah, he, he does. does. Uh, which I understand. He's he's got a little he's got a little reticency with um, being injured and coming back and trying to figure it all out. So I would too. I'd keep it of course right. I would keep things close to the chest. So I don't know if you knew anything right. that the public could know that I don't. <laughs> no, actually I I don't really in terms of, of what. I just know he's he's super competitive. Um, he thrives on competition. He would if he were here, I think he would disagree with that a bit. I think he'd be like, no, I'm not not so much. Like that's not my focus anymore. But I think um, he is his best self when he is running and competing. Yeah, um, it's just who he is in his nature, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know specifics to answer your question. Okay, but. As far as I know, we're pressing forward. We're clawing mm-hmm. for more fitness. We're showing up at start lines from what I understand. Yeah. Um, yep. Do you think he truly believes that he can regain his fitness like he had in the past and then maybe beyond? Do you think he believes it? Do you believe it? Um, I, I believe it. Um, I, don't, I don't know what he believes. I think the aging thing is, is tricky to factor in there because, you know, he was what, like 20 five mm-hmm. or whatever i <laughs> i don't know how i don't know how old he is now okay <laughs> i don't know how old he was then uh-huh. <laughs> i know we're closing in on 40 um so i i i'm not sure mentally how he's feeling about you know like <laughs> can i be that athlete probably not um can i be at the same level but a totally different athlete i think that's where his mind is yep. you know like he's yeah so, and honestly, I love it when he's competing in like high rocks because he lifts a lot. He gets super beefy. I'm all about him being beefy. <laughs> so, I encourage, I encourage high You're rocks. You're pro high rocks for that. Those types of yep. things. Yeah. For totally. the sexy factor. Yeah. Ugh, those arms. Man, they bulge. It's the boobs. Uh, I didn't know I was a boob girl. And here I am. I'm you like his girl. pecs? When, when he's lifting, I'm like, get the boobs. <laughs> Lift the boobs. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> and I will actually shout that into the basement. Yeah. While he's working out, I'm like, lift your boobs. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, whatever. Uh, is that a thing, a, bo- a boob girl? So that's my hope for Be him. Be a boob girl or an ass girl? Is it the same thing? I don't know. Is that, does it work that way? An arm girl? I don't know. What's your I favorite? Know. I don't know. Apparently, I'm a boob girl. What's your favorite physical feature? Not his face. His, yeah, boobs. his boobs. What would be his second? What's his second favorite feature? I can't count his face, no, you said? No, his face can't. No, you can't count his face. <laughs> He's going to laugh so hard at uh-uh. this. <laughs> can't okay. count his face. Because I would count his face. No, his, his um, face doesn't count. It, yeah, his arms and his shoulders. Actually, 
What is this muscle right your here? Your lats, yeah. On your back a yeah, little bit? Yeah. Really oh, I that like really, that one. That really winds you yeah. up over there, Lisa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. Okay. Sometimes we'll put on a shirt and I'm like, yes, that fits in just the right places, Brandon. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, men love to be objectified. Like it. It's fantastic. Yep. Actually, he does say that to me all of the time. Go ahead and objectify me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. I will. Done. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice <am>. tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need permission, Bracken. I'm already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So as we uh, wrap this up, I think I t- what I wanted to do today was sort of get a story from the beginning to now, intertwining you and his relationship, his uh, relationship with running and coaching and all of that. And so I think we did most. I think we did that mostly as much well as we could in an hour and 45 or 50 minutes. Um I just a few like quick questions where we can maybe try to end by throwing them under the bus a little bit, you know, and outing them just a little bit um, would be great. Okay. I'm not very good at this because there's not much to complain about if I'm being totally honest, but I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. What is, uh, and I don't have like a list in front of me. This is just off the top of my head. So uh, what is like one habit Bracken has that he would like a habit or two that he would be embarrassed. And I know he doesn't get embarrassed easily, No, but he would be embarrassed to know Mm -hmm. like that people knew about him. Like, is there anything he does? Mannerisms, anything where he would be like, Ooh, that's embarrassing. I do that. Anything you can think of? It doesn't have to be matter. It just habits, things he does. No, you know, I actually don't think because he, um, I don't know that he like does really get embarrassed. (laughs) So, and he's like pretty, he's pretty open with who he is. Like what you hear on the podcast is what I get at home. (laughs) You know, I mean, maybe a little like less gas on the podcast, but you get more gas at home. You know, he edits that out probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that's not I w- he's not embarrassed by that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. D- does it feel like uh, does it concrete feel like race brain is the mistress or is there some blo- is there some muddy waters here between the running public? The mistress to running public? Yes. Not to you. Yes, I would, you say. would say. <laughs> OK, I have told him um, uh, that <laughs> I don't really listen to race brain much anymore. It's it's too long for me. There's too much. They get two in the in the weeds mm-hmm. or whatever. I so that I would say that's definitely Mister. At least from my perspective, because this this show I listen to every every time he puts it out, oh. no matter how late it is. But race <laughs> oh. brain, I don't really listen to anymore. Okay. So firmly, I want I want that's what I needed Sorry, to hear is race brain is firmly in the mistress column, not in the wife column. In regards oh, to for podcasts, sure. no. See, I was I ended up leaving race brain purely because I just didn't. I couldn't juggle a mistress and a wife. I couldn't do it, and I didn't want to do it anymore. I know. I, I, I couldn't put I know, enough emotional and time in. It does, so I just kept it simple and uh, focused back on my baby, we will call it. Um, yeah. What would Bracken do if he could make a living outside of the running world completely? Mm-hmm. What do you? Th- what would Bracken do? What would he? What do you think he would be good at or enjoy? He'd be like, yeah, totally. Um, I think being an author. Ooh. Yeah, being an author or public speaking, um, both about running. Um, I think he would do really well, and I think he would really enjoy that. I mean, he's he's told me he would really enjoy that. But as his wife, like, I concur. Yes, I think you would really enjoy that. (laughs) How many times a day does Bracken actually go number two, do you think? All day. day. Kirk, there is no... All day. All day. <laughs> I, I don't understand the physics of his body. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because he refers to it all the time. Yeah, He's I'm like, like, again? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. 
if I'm being honest, I don't I don't know. Like more comes out than goes in. It's like really a mystery, right? It's like unbelievable. I don't get it. Like most people have a time of day. No, not Bracken. Morning, night, noon. Middle <laughs> any middle of the night. He's uh, sure. He's down to party. He's, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Does he have any quirks or ticks or anything? Any quirky things about Bracken at all? Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. If he scuffs his left foot while running, he has to scuff his right foot. <laughs> Not yesterday, but the day before when we were running together, I scuffed my foot. He was in the grass and I was on like a sidewalk path. Um, he came out of the grass to scuff his foot so that we had the two scuffs. And then, I'm not kidding, like four steps later, I accidentally did it again. He came back down to scuff his foot again. So that is like a – he's always done that. I don't know why he feels he needs to even it out. You mean like where your foot drags on the pavement a little more? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's just like yeah. – or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So you can hear yep. it. Yeah, he needs to even that out. So if he accidentally scuffs his right, then he'll purposely scuff his left. Yes. Do you think yes. it's to maintain even shoe wear yeah. or do you think it's like an actual like little mini OCD tick? <laughs> Probably. It's probably not even a tick. It's like totally just a shoe thing. <laughs> okay. What Yeah. What does Bracken do that annoys you? What do you like, Bracken? Here's the thing. We're really good at this point about communicating these things. So um, there are very few things actually that he does that, that bothers me or annoys me. Um, but he has been working so much that what he does is he brings his food into the living room. We've got these two like side-by-side chairs he moves one of them in front of the other and so he can put his feet up and then he puts um his laptop on his lap and he's typing away or whatever um but he brings his food in and then he's like oh i gotta go i have a call and he'll leave his his dishes (gasps) there so oftentimes he'll come back and get it but oftentimes it's like on the floor under the chair where he just out of sight out of mind you know he's like on to the next thing he's got a call he's got a podcast whatever and i'm like ugh, i'll get your plate for you Bracken. unbelievable thanks a lot. unbelievable how annoying i know last night he had two plates under the chair and i was like oh wow this is is getting excessive <laughs> can you take those in he never sits down and just eats bracken he never sits and just eats no no. No. It's unbelievable. Mm-mm. My pet peeve with Bracken. He's a multitasker. Is yeah. he scoots in a minute late after we're supposed to start recording. He's got a half a piece of frozen pizza, cold pizza in his hand. His mouth is full of an entire piece of pizza he's <laughs> chewing on. And he does this. <sighs> he's like nose breathing into the microphone. <laughs> and it's so audible. And it's before we hit the record button. And he's just chomping. <sighs> And nose breathing into it. And I'm like, you got to stop doing this, man. And then as soon as he takes his gulp, we hit record almost, I'd say two out of three sessions. He comes at me with a full gullet. And it's that, you know how loud the microphone, you get in. Yeah. That's... And I get that two out of three times. Freaking bracken is food. Yeah, that's not, that That would be a pet peeve of mine too. I can see where, where that's coming from. Well, it's from. like funny, but it's also yeah, like. I... I don't want to feel like I'm in your mouth while you're eating a piece of pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say a strength of his is not time management. Um, So, but I am in the same boat. So I never complain. Never complain. Today, I was literally doing the girl's hair until the moment we were supposed to leave the house to bring them to school. 
and I was still in my pajamas. So I was like, I'll be right down. (laughs) (laughs) So time management, neither of us are on on top of it for that. So that's why he's rolling in a minute late. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. He's he's been better. He's been great. But yeah, he likes to chew into the microphone, into my face. Good. Uh, I, I mean, it really does. It feels like I'm in the back of his throat being eaten. Because it's just in my ears, right? So it's like, it's really bizarre. Like, I know what it's going to sound like to be eaten. If I were actually eaten by a monster, I already, to be I'd be like, oh, this is familiar. <laughs> like, I, this is exactly what it sounds like. Oh like I've been gosh, there. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Bracken, is that Bracken? you? <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, no, that's funny because I would say one of his pet peeves is when the kids are chewing loudly. He always calls them on it, which is is fine because I don't want them to sound like little cows either. But um, he'll 100% of the time call the kids on that. So it's funny that <laughs> he's, he does it to me. He's doing Well, it. I don't even think he is loudly. It's just because there's yeah. a microphone in front of his face, right? And they pick up everything. Right. But, um, okay. Uh, anything else you just want to air about him? Like anything you're like, my husband, just some, make fun of him a little or anything? Or do you just love him so much? It's just nothing. I just love him so much. He's a good person. I just, I love spending time with him and just being with him all the time i actually just sent him a video there's like a cat walking and then there's a bunny who just hops in between the cat's legs every step it takes (laughs) and i'm like look it's me and you (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm just like i love being with him i think he's so funny he's such a good person like he just he is an amazing i didn't say this at the beginning he's a really great husband like i swear every every decision he makes is like how will like what can I do for Lisa first Mm. and um I've never had that in a relationship before I didn't know that was a thing Mm -hmm. and so so yeah I don't really like I I just really have so few complaints about him as a as a person he's I think he's the best I think he deserves so much in life and you know to have all the success that he has worked so hard for and I just am always rooting for him i think i'm his biggest cheerleader mm. i mean maybe with his mom too his parents are are super team bracken but um yeah i just love him hit me in all the feels mm. would you say that you guys are in your best place like career-wise for him and like like you know obviously there was some shuffling around over the years like are you guys in the best place that mm-hmm. way it's I, from what i'm gathering it's things seem to be really stable and like now there's like a very set path which is wonderful yeah yeah, I think so. I mean, the fact, you know, we've we're we're in a house, so we're not <laughs> moving around anymore. We've got roots. Um we've got his parents right next door. Like honestly, there is no better setup because I call Colleen my BFF. Like we are so close. I love his parents so much and, you know, having the watching the kids grow up next to their grandma and grandpa. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. not the point of this. Just yes. Uh he's he's in a good groove with work, you know, he's He's having more success now than I think at any point in the past um, as far as coaching goes. Um, He's more secure as a coach. You know, he's more confident. And um, actually, I don't know that confidence is ever an issue with Bracken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then because we're both home together all the time, you know, we're we've really I think we've really gotten very, very good at being a couple. (laughs) Not that we were bad at it, but we've we've gotten like. You know, so well, that's great. I'd say I'd say it's the best place we've we've been. So I'm excited, like, to see where it goes from there. You know? Yeah. No, I love it. I, I was thinking we'd be roasting him a little yeah. more today, and it's just, you know, it 
it's hard. It's, I know. I'm sorry. No, it, it, I'm I'm the leader here. I'm the one guiding us through the conversation, and you're just telling me the facts, <laughs> right? Uh, but it's been actually good. It's been good to uh, kind of walk through. You know, Bracken refers to everything over the years through his own lens, right? And it's just interesting to get your take on everything. It's mm-hmm. just kind of it's good to get to know him that way. And um, you got to imagine, you know, if somebody that knows him better than anybody has an admiration for him like you do. That's probably a pretty rock solid yeah, testimony, you know, for the guy. So I would like to think so, but I would like to think so too. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that feel differently. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jen, I think her name was. Jen probably thinks differently. <laughs> it was Jen. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jen definitely <laughs> thinks reach out differently. To her. Hey Jen, by yeah, the way. <laughs> yeah. Listen How to this podcast I did about this. And <laughs> <laughs> Jen. Um All right, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, th- we, I mean, two hours went by quick for me. Hopefully, it did for you too. And then, uh, yeah, it did. I don't know if Jess is ever going to be put in your position or not. I could see her putting up a pretty good fight, but maybe, maybe the roles will be reversed one day, and Bracken can be here with her. But maybe once she hears hears the podcast, I was nervous coming in. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to ask me? Are you going to be asking me like specific questions about like? <laughs> race times and no details i'm like i don't know that stuff i, I don't give i don't <laughs> care really about nervous. that crap no 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 bracken is a human <laughs> yeah okay well i'm i'm an expert at that so and jess is i'm sure the same for you so maybe when she hears this and realizes that's the way the podcast goes then maybe she'll feel more comfortable uh-huh. i agree well all right hope you guys enjoyed the yeah. enjoyed hearing lisa you sound good on the microphones so you're an easy listen i've noticed so i think if anything you got that going for you well, thank uh-huh. you. You know, Bracken was telling me right at the beginning I need to be up close. So I'm like, I I'm I hope I'm like loud enough and not like like you said, heavy breathing into the microphone. A, so I didn't hear breath. It's actually an easy yeah. lesson. No, it totally is. Yeah. Your volume <laughs> okay, was good. good. You nailed it. Um so thanks. It was a great two hours. And uh yeah, you'll get you'll get me and Bracken again next episode, guys. So this is uh this was a, a Kirk and Lisa special. Thanks for listening. Yes, it was. <laughs>